Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mark Canonizetto. Tune in soon. I'm Ralph Macchio, as well as Sholo Stunt Double on season three of Cobra Kai. Tune in soon to Cobra Kai Companion. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. Again, for the month of May, I wanted to uh, invite people connected to the Miyagi-verse that are uh, Asian American and Pacific Islanders for AAPI Heritage Month. So um, I, I've been excited to speak to this gentleman for some time. So welcome to the show, Mark Canonizado. How are you doing, sir? Hey, how are you, Peter? Pleasure, hey, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, the honor is mine, man. After doing the, the research that I've been doing on you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I, I fell into a rabbit hole of your work. Uh, and I haven't been uh, this excited about like watching material of like somebody of your stature. Uh, like like um, you remind me of like an Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, that bro. Yeah. You know what? That is a, a huge honor to myself because, you know, even me as a kid, you know, we're around the same age growing yeah. up as a, as a kid watching Ernie Reyes, that was a, you know, as a Filipino, that's a, that's a huge honor. So for me, that's, that's a great thing. So that, that's always been my thing. I've, I've watched growing up, growing up, him, guys like Ernie Reyes and, and Phil Severa and, you know, guys, all, all sorts of ethnicities growing up. And it's just a pleasure to finally, you know, emulate and hopefully get a chance to set my own path to yeah. be on that, on that same route, you know? Yeah, you know, there, there, there's just so much to to talk about. Um, it, it's almost like I, I can probably list the things that you haven't done or the people you haven't met yet. Just just kind of going through your your IG, you know, you mentioned you're you're you want to be active or that you are a social media guy and and you kind of been uh, busy with work, obviously. But uh, you met Usher, you met uh, yeah. Alex Winter, man, aka Bill from Bill and Ted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark DeCascos, man, that's one For of my sure. heroes, dude. I. Only the uh, only the strong is like one of my favorite movies, dude. Uh, that's where I learned. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm a martial artist. I'm a yes. tricker by nature. So for me, that's where I learned one of my first pivotal like tricking movements was from watching that feature film. Yeah, and so for me, being a film stuntman now, and then getting a chance to work with the man who I guess you know inspired me to throw my first trick in in every situation. So for having me grow up and evolve from that point to now being in the industry, it's it's kind of a nostalgic, amazing thing for me to to really experience. So it's it's definitely been a fun ride, and you know, coming full circle, seeing those guys on the big screen, and then being able to kind of be amongst those those honors and those OGs of guys that are in film. It, it's definitely been an amazing opportunity, and it's definitely something I've always wanted to do as a kid. Yeah, you know, like um, their stuff about you out there if you really look for it. But it, it, it was kind of hard, man, because like, you know, I, I um, referenced Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised to to find out all the, the competitions you've been a part of, years of it. So like, when did you get into martial arts? Because I gotta imagine it was at a really young age. Yeah, it was definitely at a very young age. I, uh, I started martial arts when I was six years old. 
I grew up just like any other kid in my generation, I guess, like I'm sure like you seeing martial arts on TV or, you know, somewhere that it was influential uh, at some extent to entertainment. And I saw it on TV and, you know, I actually, I, I saw a lot of that martial art training as well. And my father, my father did a lot of training at home. So for me as a kid growing up watching my dad train, it kind of just naturally evolved to this interest in myself and something I, I kind of wanted to get into. And it's funny, actually, for the first long while, my dad was hesitant to put me in martial arts. And I was actually a really hyper kid, mm -hmm. super just off the walls, just everywhere. And, you know, it was, I was hard for me to contain my energy. And he was a little hesitant of putting me in martial arts, but then eventually he turned to martial arts to kind of guide that energy into a more productive direction, as I mm -hmm. guess you could say. And uh, yeah, I mean, the rest from that on, since age six on has kind of been history. I naturally kind of gravitated towards it. And I mean, ultimately my idea was, wow, I could learn martial arts where I could take all this energy and, and you know, kick and punch and technically fight and spar and not get in trouble and kind of just be my own self. And it was fun to kind of emulate Jackie Chan and a lot of the people at Power Rangers at the time, Ninja yeah. Turtles and, you know, all those great things that we obviously look at now as uh, amazing things that are influential in martial arts. So it was it was cool to kind of have that moment in my life where martial arts was all I was really dedicated to as a kid. And just like any other kid at soccer or gymnastics or, gym or you know, uh, basketball or football, for me, it was just basically martial arts. And I loved, you know, blocking punches and just getting into that kind of mode just was attractive to me. And from then on, I, I grew on to acrobatics, you know, things like uh, flipping and incorporating martial arts, but kind of being acrobatic and incorporating how we can evolve capoeira and gymnastics and be even b-boying you know that was very big in influence into martial arts tricking and so just kind of tumbling into that world was just like imagine where i'd be now if i didn't start martial arts when i was six so it's it's kind of a crazy thing to think of that that's that's kind of my desire and then as through the years went on as an adult and even as a teenager into the tricking world and all the tournaments i went into it was amazing to see that through just that simple interest, everything evolved Pat, for my career, basically, as All a right. stomach. And as you can imagine, like a lot of the people we've spoken with uh, have very different stories than that of yeah. yours. So, you know, we, uh, we have spoken to some of the um, like the OG actors who actually yeah. have martial arts background. Yeah. Now, with you, um, Pacific Islander, uh, and your dad having experience in martial arts himself, was there any pressure in, um, you know, like uh, choosing a different career, you know, did, did doing martial arts early, was that something like, you know, he can do this and apply it to something. Did they just right. never worry about your path? You know, it's funny, you know, being Filipino, specific Pacific Islander, uh, you know, commonly the family is very uh, career driven, you know, uh, educated driven, if you, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going to college and, and pursuing a career and a, a profitable or, or, you know, respectable career is pretty common as, as a Pacific Islander, more specifically Filipino background that I grew up in. So, you know, as you can imagine me saying, oh, you know, I, I want to do feature film. I want to be a stuntman in Hollywood or I want to just be a martial arts uh, ambassador or tricking ambassador and kind of travel the world and, and, and train and teach people how to trick. You know, their, their idea of what that could entail 
you know, obviously it wasn't exactly what they would understand as far as, you know, being a nurse commonly as a Filipino would say, or yes, something in medical field. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and for me to, to say, Oh, you know, I want to be a, a martial artist or, a, a, you know, a, a, a film actor or a stuntman. I want to move to Hollywood and, and not really, cause I mean, to be honest me, I, I have a high school education. I did a little bit in college, but quite honestly, after that, I just pursued, the career as the martial arts instructor and entrepreneur as a, as a martial arts dojo uh, owner with my father as well. And then I transitioned to film. So a lot of it for me was just a lot of different directions. So for me, I kind of uncommonly went the, the route that I guess even my family or more commonly other families of Filipino ethnicity would, uh, would kind of pursue, you know, understand and, and be more guiding towards. So for me, it was definitely a, a different industry. Uh, you know, I mean, I think they understand now and they definitely understand that, you know, as long as you're you're dedicated to something and you're pursuing it in the fact that you want to try and be the best at what you can do. And, you know, you're always pushing the limits of your creativity and your, and your own goals, then it, it all works out really well. And it's all worth it as well. So, yeah, know, thankfully for me, ever since leaving then to come here and, pursue Hollywood. It is thankfully worked out. And I've met guys like Hito and Janelle and been able to work on shows as amazing as Cobra Kai. I mean, Cobra Kai for me has definitely been one of the most pivotal shows that I've been a, a chance to be a part of. And, you know, it's an amazing show that is nostalgic, but as well as it, it touches base in no matter whether you're a martial artist, whether you're a regular individual, it, it, it grabs you in a certain way that people relate to. And it's cool to see now, just like when we were growing up, how Karate Kid was a huge ordeal when it first came out. It's, a, it's awesome to see now as the show comes out, people gravitating to the same thing of the show that kind of pulled everybody into when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really fun to see everything kind of come full circle. And obviously seeing Ralph and Billy and, and obviously, you know, everybody on the show. UG. It's, yeah it's you know it, it's so crazy like the list goes on and on of the throwbacks and the um, awesome cameos and the, yeah. just the writing of in general of the show it's just an amazing experience so to be a part of it and to see it all from the inside was just an honor to be a part of and to you know knowing that martial arts gave me that yeah. for me that is as a pacific islander of course that is definitely something that is has made me feel honorable as uh, as a martial arts practitioner, as well as an Asian and a Pacific Islander, it's it's definitely something that's really been a memorable part of my career, regardless of what other things that I have on my resume. So. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned come here to Hollywood. So where where did you come from? Were you? Yeah, I uh, so the show uh, uh, is filmed in Atlanta. I'm oh, sure. Right. You know? um, so and I, I've I've started my career as a stuntman and as an actor and everything in Hollywood on TV and film and TV in Hollywood. So I moved from Orlando, Florida, where I'm from, mm -hmm. born and raised, basically. Uh, moved from Orlando, Florida, moved to LA, stayed here for a good amount of time, probably about eight years, nine years, and then moved to Atlanta because the industry due to everything kind of in California with the tax incentive in film and, and how everything kind of worked out, it just made more sense that Atlanta had a better incentive and the film industry kind of shifted and migrated that way. And to be honest with you, it hasn't really felt the occasion to leave yet because it just makes more sense on paper for the film industry to film in Atlanta. It just saves so much money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's worth 
being there as production companies, you know, renting out spaces. So Atlanta has been where I've been lately. I started on Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame uh, and then Cobra Kai. And it, I mean, there's just so many productions that are going on in Atlanta. So it's it's amazing how much you can be a part of just by being a part of, you know, being in Atlanta. Uh, but there's a production here in, in L.A. that I'm currently in now. Uh, it's actually with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and an Indian actor named Danush, who is pretty big in Bollywood as well. And it's a, a big Rus- uh, the Russo brothers as well, who are mm. part of the Avengers mm-hmm. and the Marvel series. They did uh, they, they did Captain America also, the uh, yes. Winter Soldier. Captain yes. America Winter Absolutely. Soldier. Absolutely. So yeah. some really reputable directors as well as some really amazing stunt coordinators and such. Uh, James Young, second unit director. Dan Hernandez uh, is the stunt coordinator. So there's amazing uh, action going on in this film as well in L.A. Um, so it's cool. You know, I, get, I, I thankfully get to work in L.A., in Atlanta, um, obviously in Atlanta, I get to thankfully work with Hirokota and Janelle Kerfman, who are, you know, to be honest with you, those two have been the start of my career as a stuntman before really anything really was on my resume. Those guys, especially Hito, he, he definitely, I will always respect that man. He has always known my capability and has always pushed me to the limits as a stuntman, as a martial artist as well, and as a performer uh, in everything I do. So I, you know, I, from how I learned as a performer to a man off camera and everything in between, I mean, he's between the two of them, they've taught me almost everything I know. So thankfully their knowledge has translated well into everything else I've done. And I've had the opportunities to work with other amazing coordinators as well. That's awesome. A few things there that, that you mentioned. You mentioned you're from Orlando. So that's where I, what I was trying to find. And that makes sense, too, because a lot of the videos I saw uh, in the the title of the videos would say like Gator or something. Right. So like, you know, for the Gators. So that makes sense. Now, yeah. did, you, did you ever have a talk with Jacob about like you used to rock the Mohawk yourself? Oh, yeah, man. It's funny. I actually it's a. Uh... I had a few brief moments with him here and there where I told him like, you know, he's got his mohawk and I right. literally used to, I'm, I'm sure you saw, I literally I saw used to have a mohawk just like that. And, and it was funny cause I showed him a photo and he laughed and everything like that. But it's, it's funny cause I, that was a moment in my, that was kind of my thing as a competitor. I didn't necessarily have many things that were kind of my niche or kind of my, my calling card, but I, there was always something going on with my hair mm-hmm. as a performer that you just always knew was kind of just a, a way of you had the designs on the side yeah, exactly. I've, I've seen that exactly. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah I, I figured that was a thing because like uh like every few videos you had a different hairstyle so absolutely so you're like well i mean it moved it like the same guy but i don't know if that's the same guy it looks kind of different <laughs> i was curious because i was like is it like there's got right. it can't be more than one um <laughs> but you mentioned hito and janelle uh i i almost forgot about this but you may uh you may not remember but you and i actually briefly met uh, oh, wow. okay. at, the, at the set um uh hayden sure. was giving me my co-host brianna a tour and we were okay. wrapping up and uh, at that time i had already interviewed hito and janelle so ah. when we were about to leave i bumped into hito and he's like janelle's down at the trailer um uh you know working out or whatever practicing yeah. rehearsing do you want to go down I go, i'm like sure you know so i go yeah. down there you were sparring with ken oh okay and then we were That's introduced right. And then I got a picture holding the the uh, the hats, the the CK ah, stunt okay, hat, yes. or yeah. That's so so I gotta um, let's see if I can pull it up while I'm doing this, and maybe that'll remind you. But <laughs> but when me and my co-host left, we're like, so the one guy doubles for Ralph. 
the other guy doubles for Crease. Do you think they fight in season three? <laughs> so, yeah. so we kind of walked in on that. We had to be, we had to, we, yeah, we had to be that. quiet about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so um, I, 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 when, when we met, I go, we got to talk to that guy someday. So, yeah. So, well, you so, know what? Right. You got, then you guys walked in on a good fight. Cause to be honest with you, that was one of my favorite uh, pieces that we've done in the third season was okay. that last fight with Kreese and Ralph and Billy and, and yeah. everybody in that dojo. That was to me definitely as a story plan, an amazing like episode. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that, that was us visiting that day. So yeah, just walked in. And so, yeah, he, he said, Hey, this is who this guy is. This is who this guy is. And, and they just kind of showed us around and he was like, Janelle, do you recognize this guy's voice? <laughs> you know, cause at that time it was just uh, over the phone. So, um, now, now, now you dude again, you've done so much, man. Uh, and you may not have even touched up on like b-boying, you know? So, so you danced too, like uh, step up revolution. You were also in that yeah. now, yeah, thank you. why, why stunts specifically? Cause some people would be yeah. like, I want to be Jet Li. I want to be Jackie yeah. Chan, you know, sure. why stunts? Absolutely. And then, you know what, that, honestly, that's a very, very good question. Very common question. And it, I mean, you know, it's always subject to people's preference for me personally, I enjoy the side that's that stunts has to entail. Meaning for me right now, I love being a performer. It, you know, I don't really care for people to know who it is that performs a stunt. I don't really care for people to really know that it was me specifically. I just love being a part of a sequence, a part of a fight, a part of a gag, uh, a part of a situation in a scene in a film or TV where people are just blown. And, you know, and, and it just to me, I love being a part of sequences and fights where, uh, you know, you see the action and you're like, oh, my God, that was that was amazing. You know, mm. and whether you want to know who did the fight or you just respectfully enjoy the action. To me, that's all I care to be. And, and for me, stunts was that great route where you can be an amazing performer and as well through that same route. If acting at some point in your career is a route you want to go through stunts, you can actually reach some amazing stunt acting roles, you know, fighting some memorable people like Donnie Yen and, and Tony Ja and, and uh, you know, a lot of those great film actors as well. And the action actors like Scott Atkins as well. Hmm. Those are also roles that you can you can get into inevitably through stunts. So for me, uh, I think seeing stunts as a route was kind of a, a great doorway that would open up a lot of other doorways for me just going through that route. Uh, and, and for me, as respectfully in film, seeing action and seeing what these film, uh, you know, these action stunt men have done before me, as well as in my generation and as well as, you know, in the future, it's amazing to see how these guys push the envelope. And the amount of crazy things that these guys do as a performer for film. And, you know, growing up, as you saw in my uh, competitive circuit, performer life is kind of my, that's kind of been my forte. So for me, it kind of just translates too perfectly into film for me to kind of pass it by. And I, and I love being a performer. That's kind of the route I want to go right now. I, I love kind of fight choreographing as well. But uh, if I really had to put a thing on it, I, I'd say performing is kind of my thing. I love emulating, you know, trying to mimic Ralph, being, you know, evolving and changing my style of martial arts uh, to become like Ralph. 
And, you know, which is, can be challenging because, you know, obviously me and Ralph, we're different ages. We're different levels of martial arts. Ralph is definitely reputable in his martial arts as well. But, you know, obviously we, there's a point where we have to reach a, a middle point in our, in our activity, you know, as him as an actor and his physical movements, as well as me as a stuntman in my physical movements. So it, 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 that part of performing for me is, is the art that I enjoy, uh, aside from when I used to compete in martial arts. And, and that's something I think I want to do for a long while as a midst of other things and stunts. And I think as I do that more often, I'm just going to translate into a lot of my coordinating down the road as I get older and the body can't hold up and yeah. hit the ground gets a little harder to do. And, you know, the, some of the flips take a little more of a warm up time, which, you know, is a thing. I, you know, I'm not respectively too young. I'm young enough. I'm not going to say I'm too old, but I'm at that age where you got to start kind of calculating, you know, mm -hmm. what your game plan is in this industry. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of come to terms with that. I understand where that is. And I understand that that, that comes for anybody inevitably, no matter where you are in this industry. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I think I also pursue the performing side of it while I can, mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer I can. So while I physically, I mean, you see me now, I, I, I got a splint on my hand. So, there's always some kind of thing. So while I can perform as I can, I, I want to try and get it out as I can and put some out, some amazing work. And then down the road, as I become a coordinator or second unit director or fight coordinator, I have a good line of, of work and experience that people can understand and, you know, build a good respect for, for what I would have to bring to the table in a film or production. Yeah. You, you remind me of like, like a martial arts uh, Jabawaki, you know, it, yeah. it, ain't, it ain't about awesome. who, who this is. It's, I love it's the those performance. Guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're an amazing group of, of, again, Pacific Islanders, Asians, you know, it, it just ethnic group of people that do some amazing things with their artwork, you know, and for them, it's dance. For, for me, it's like you said, you know, I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad that I, I emulate that kind of vibe. But for me, I'd like to think in my performance and my fights, that's, that's the kind of vibe you'd like to see, you know, and you'll see in my movements. All right. Well, that looks like something Mark would do. And for me, that's the goal. And, and, yeah. and I'm happy with that at the end of the day. If if that's all people know is is certain things I've done in, in my filming career as part of sequences or movements I've done, then I can live with that. And I'm happy. Yeah. With that. Uh, on the topic of ABDC, um, you uh, apparently know a member of one of my favorite groups from from that show <laughs> is uh, Steve Stephen from um, Quest Crew. Yeah, man, yeah. Tarada. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tarada is just, you know, just like me. He's been in the sport karate world and the tricking world as an OG for the longest time. Tarada has the uh, has brought a lot of great influence to the tricking community and a lot of influential moves and styles and techniques. I mean, he's an amazing athlete as well. He's been through some amazing adversity as a as injuries, but he's overcome them as well because. I mean, he's just an amazing athlete. So he's he's one of those guys that's able to be a tricker and a martial artist. But as well as you throw him in a dance world, he'll figure that stuff out as well. He'll mold and create and, and adapt to that industry as well. And he'll be an amazing asset, which I'm sure people have seen on TV. He has just been an amazing asset to Quest Crew and and everything, and as well as Rudy Raynon, who's another mm -hmm. sports martial arts, uh, as well as Pinoy. Uh, you know, Filipino martial artist who's been a part of that crew, who's also been a great additive. You know, I, I, I'm a very biased person, but sport martial artists come from where I come from. 
they have an, a unique skill set and a unique uh, thing that they can bring to the table, whether it be film and TV, music videos, uh, creative ideas and input. Uh, it, it, they just have a unique vision and, and skill set to this kind of artistic side of the industry that I think people are starting to realize. And that's why we're starting to see it more in film and see it more in Cobra Kai and see it more in, in Step Up and, and different films because they're starting to realize like this is what people really enjoy. And I mean, we're catered perfectly to this kind of setting. So it, it's kind of awesome too to see that not only that, but they're also uh, of ethnicity, of Filipino, uh, Pacific Islanders, of, of a lot of different ethnicities who are Asian that are showing that there are amazing talent out there. And, you know, the film and TV industry is, is soon to see that there's amazing stuff going on. Um, oh, absolutely. There's, uh, you know, there, there, there was always a lack of Asian representation through the decades. And um, I think, I think, you know, with uh, foreign film, now yeah. being very available on, on you know streaming sites on Netflix and stuff and people really consuming them, um, I hope that yeah we can kind of merge the you know the East and West cinema, uh, and yeah. and ex, you know kind of not expose but introduce you know this culture to some other cultures to, a, as well. And Parasite was like one of the uh, the trailblazers, yeah. right? You know, so yeah, people absolutely. are like, hey. I'm okay reading subtitles with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And honestly, I mean, a lot of Korean cinema is amazing. Yeah. A lot of Japanese boy. cinema is amazing. Yeah. I think they, they, uh, I just, people just, I don't think they realize how amazing Asian cinema in general, Asian culture, their cinema has been amazing lately through these years. And it, it tells some amazing things. And quite honestly, even Bollywood, a lot of uh, amazing American stunt groups and individuals are crossbreeding into these other industries like Bollywood, like mm. Asian, Chinese, and Japanese and Korean industries of film and, and TV, because we all are starting to see that these guys are really producing and and capable of producing some amazing work. And you know, we're we're really starting to blend a lot of our artistic vision. And there's some amazing work that's going on and coming out from Asia. You, you know, and on that note, uh, Raid Redemption when that came out, yeah. I go. Indonesians do martial arts too. Like yeah, I, yes, I, every country I'm sure has their own martial arts, but nobody right. really thinks about it. Right. You know, like name an Indonesian's like superstar martial artist. You're right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I, unless I, you're guys like me or, you know, you, you would have really no idea, but you would probably at least know the movie that they would be in. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it is true. It is true. Very, a lot of those kinds of films have made some really big impacts where people have really, drawn some attention to that kind of filming and they're starting to see there's some low in low budget low uh resource kind of countries that are making some amazing films of what they have mm -hmm. and to me that's i've worked in bollywood for about half a year and to me that's what is extremely respectable to me is that they can make amazing film work and tv with low resources low income like you low funds just just pure passion projects and but to make amazing work and it may take a while it may take a lot of uh stressful moments but these people make it work and they make it amazing and it's mm. it's really cool to see and it's really inspiring to see that through film work they are reaching a market and 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 you know reaching out a a uh a message that is through filmmaking and that's why i'm I, you know i'm happy to be a part of filmmaking because 
I know that in the right context, filmmaking can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you know, to kind of go back to Hiro and Janelle, uh, I know that you also worked on Jumanji and, yeah. you know, Janelle was a, a stunt double yeah. for Karen Gillan. And um, now when did you and Hiro met? Was it uh, Super Ninjas or was it uh, yeah. Kicking It? Absolutely. No, it was it was actually Super Ninjas a lot. And that was funny because that's actually when I first moved to L.A. Hito was one of the very few coordinators, if any, that really had hired me on a more consistent basis because they had a decent grasp of what I was capable of doing. And, you know, granted, I was coming from the sport martial arts world where, you know, I have a lot of acrobatic skill. I have a lot. But it's slightly different. I mean, it's it's majority different from film fighting and, you know, working in film just because you're a great acrobatic, great parkour artist, big, you know, great gymnast doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an amazing film fighter or yeah. film stuntman. So for me, it, it was one of the few coordinators at the time that consistently trusted in my, my skill sets. And he would bring me on for super ninjas and, and I, you know, I'd be a goon here and there and kind of double people here and there. And then uh, the show, because of whatever situation uh, in our industry, had to move to Pittsburgh, probably for tax incentives. Mm. Uh, You know, and that was kind of the start of L.A. kind of cascading their issue with keeping TV and film here because it just didn't on on paper. It didn't make sense. So it would cost them more money to film here than quite honestly anywhere else. Mm. And Pennsylvania at the time was filming a show, which was Super Ninjas that I met Hito on. And he had had a few occasions to see what I was capable of. And uh, the show was out in Pittsburgh. He didn't have capability of bringing out a huge team. And he kind of went on a whim with me. He kind of took a gamble. He didn't know what I was capable of. And uh, thankfully, I was able to put up enough effort and, and do well enough to where he entrusted that I would do well. And through the course of that show, he built a good trust and we built a good relationship. And I mean, that show was definitely a, a, it was a fun show, but it definitely as a stunt performer you to the test if you know we had a great schedule where we literally had days where it was just second unit days which i don't know if you're familiar with but on second unit days it's usually just stunt and Mm -hmm. all action so all the fights all the gags all the wire gags all the ratchets all anything that would entail stunt players to be you know in in full full capacity were those days and and those days we I you know continually weekly went through with Hito and I thankfully through that as being my first job built the basis and a good foundation of what is required as a stunt performer you mm. know there's days where you're literally going to work 10 hours a day eating the ground and you know getting bashed in the head and getting ratcheted into a wall or you know, doing those fight beats, you know, 15, 20 times in a row until it's perfect. And, you know, that's the side of stunt work that is is the most hard part about it. You know, it, it is a lot of fun. There are it's great moments. You get to work with a lot of great actors, but there are lots of moments where, you know, it, it, it requires you to be up to par. It requires you to be trained. It requires you to be professional and understand a certain extent that it's going to be very hard. And, you know, things like on my show right now on Gray Man, it changes constantly. If you're not constantly mentally prepared for that fight that you memorized yesterday to be completely gone mm. and on the day it'd be completely changed and to learn and adapt and be able to do it on camera, then that's, you're not ready for this industry. And that's, yeah. that's just kind of how it is. And you know, it's, it's thankfully I learned a lot of how to deal with those things through Hito 
through Janelle and kind of being amongst that kind of presence of that kind of coordinator or, uh, you know, mentors to, to kind of teach me what it takes to really, mm-hmm. you know, work on million dollar movies like Avengers and Black Panther and Ant-Man and all the Marvel things that go on, how to be able to present and be present in those sets when a lot's at stake. You know, it, it is a lot of fun and games, but at the end of the day, we get hired and expected to do what we do at the drop of a hat, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, sometimes those are bring circumstances where our safety can, can be compromised. And, you know, it, those are the things that the show is, shows are great and they show a lot of fun, but that is also the side of it that is on the back end. That is that's also, you know, like me and Ken, for example, me and Ken had to go through real tempered glass going through that last episode of the series on season three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it turned out great. It looked amazing. But on the day, me and Ken, we literally had pieces of glass coming out of our hands. And I was finding pieces in me days, if not weeks later, you know, <laughs> and, and Ken had to go through and land on his head, you know, and, and, but that's what we do. And it, it's, we love doing it, but it's just, there's, there is that side of it that comes with it that we also kind of respect and we kind of, you know, take into account. And thankfully, you know, when you go under the, the run and the guidance of someone like Hito and Janelle, you know that you are in good hands Yeah. because a lot of times you, you have to rely on yourself and in situations like that, although it's, it is glass and it, you know, it's, it, it's annoying, but things happen and, and situations like that, having someone that you can trust like Hito and Janelle, it's good knowing that, you know, you're prepared and your team is prepared. And, you know, obviously those guys, they did a great job of mentally and preparing us for what everything was going to happen. They had everything set in place as far as safety, if anything was to go awry and, you know, they, they definitely took a good care of us. And that's all you can really hope for as mm-hmm. a stuntman, as a stunt performer. And, you know, going through the good and the bad, being with Hito, I've always been 100% confident that he's always going to look out for my best interests as well as with Janelle. And even aside from his stunt men and his stunt women, those that team is always looking out for their actors and their actresses as well. And that's, that's why it's always been just a great show to work on because we know we can do amazing things and have, you know, a good time not worrying about whether everybody's going to walk away from it or not. Mm-hmm. Did Hito bring you on to do Ozark? Uh, yes. So Hito has also done a few things with Ozark, you know, he'll bring me in and I'll be a goon or I'll help him kind of help idea and brainstorm with some sequences uh, between myself, John, uh, Hito and Ken, like a, a lot of us have kind of, and, and Janelle as well. A lot of us have communitively always just been brainstorming for a lot of the shows. Um, thankfully I've known Hito long enough to where he'll trust in my opinion and, and the things I'm capable of to where he'll bring me on to Ozark and he'll help me, you know, he'll ask me to help creatively design certain things. And even for Cobra Kai, you know, he had me and John come in as well as Ken and everybody. I mean, we all really worked in together and kind of just came up with ideas for every bit of the sequence. We've always looked over the script and I feel like he's always had a good, uh, approach to our team and how we can handle the show and, and, and get through creatively as well as productively through everything to make everything stunt wise make sense as well as for the actors. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, that's a big thing too. 
as a stunt performer, we we think a certain way, but it also relatively like really relates to the actors as well. I could come up with a move that makes sense to me, but if it doesn't make sense to any of the actors, it's not going to read on camera. Right. So Hito has an, an amazing uh, way of translating that somehow. You know, he's he's able to work with stunt people as well as as the actors and make them feel badass and make them feel like they are that person of Cobra Kai. They are that person of Miyagi-Do. And he, he just has a good way of making people feel their character, which is a huge thing. He's definitely been that kind of individual to really understand and help me understand. It's not necessarily the moves. It's the story points that you're showing with your moves mm. and how you stick to the script. So he's been a lot of influential things in, in my career. So it's been great to be able to work with him on a, a show like Super Ninjas, which was, you know, a Nickelodeon show. And then years down the road through many different things. I mean, even the Usher music uh, video with the Samsung commercial, that was through Hito as well. I mean, oh, it's just been so many things in my career that I, I, I can understand that, you know, Hito has just had so many amazing visions towards and I've been thankful to even just be a part of, you know, and uh, through True Blood and everything that he's had go on in his career. It's just amazing that, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It, He's got yeah. so much probably in the works that it's it's going to be amazing to see what he's got going on. I, I bet. Um, and, ju- and just to clarify, when you were saying John, you mean who plays Rickenberger, right? Not yeah, John Hurwitz. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. that's that's my boy. Me and John, you know, is an amazing stuntman, amazing, uh, you know, talented athlete, uh, amazing b boy. Uh, it's just an amazing stuntman. He, 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 I, Ken, Janelle, and Hito. We would commonly uh, in season three, just spend days brainstorming on everything and just having that dynamic of mentality from different people and different styles community come together for this show was just, I mean, it was only a matter of time before we came up with some amazing stuff. And, and thankfully in season three, we, you know, when we all came together, we did, we came up with some really awesome stuff and I'm sure people are really excited to see what, you know, was going on in the show. And, you know, working with the actors, I think they they got that same vibe from our crew as a collective, what we could bring to the table. I think they were confident as well in 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 what we would give them and what we would present to them as their characters. And I think through that, it, it showed in the show as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's a big thing. You know, I could again, we could do as much as we want as the stunt side, but we have to relate to the the emotional side of the show. And that's the beauty of this show is the show is just as emotional as the nostalgic show that we, you know, the karate kid, we, we all remember. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the thing. And so for it to translate still to this day with a new cast and new, you know, a new storyline, it's, it's awesome to see. And then, you know, it's, it's a good formula and it's hard to, to break that. Yeah. So you were brought in during season two. Correct. Yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of on, I was, I was brought on in season one before Sholo kind of really started everything. Okay. We, he had kind of brought me on and kind of when he first came to Atlanta and we kind of started training with him at, at the studios that they film at now. And, you know, he was, you know, learning how to jab, learning how to cross, learning how to front kick and round kick and move around. And then fast forward now, you know, he's on and off then. And then from season two and three on being more involved, it's crazy to see like even aside from Sholo and Jacob and, and Tanner and Mary and Peyton, just seeing all of them, you know, Gianni and just seeing all of them grow 
from season one till mm-hmm. now is 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 crazy. It, it's honestly for me as a at one point I was a martial arts instructor at a school. For me as a martial arts instructor, it felt very very similar. You know, it's like you're watching your students, although it's a TV show, it's it's your students say because we train with them daily, if mm-hmm. not three times a week, more, you know, and um, for each show to, to to get them ready for whatever we had to throw at them, which was a lot. And it was a lot to be expected of them. But because they were just taught so much of a broad spectrum of everything and expected and, you know, reached the high level of expectancy they were able to, to, to do what most people would think is impossible in production of that, that magnitude. And I think they definitely, you know, they, they earn a lot of respect, not only from me as a martial artist for years, but I think from everybody, you know, they, they, they take a lot of what they're supposed to know. And most people know from decades of learning to a crash course and then expected to be camera ready. So yeah. They definitely put up with a lot and, and quite honestly, they're extremely talented for being able to take the bullet points and, and roll with it and make yeah. it work, man. You, you mentioned instructing, uh, instructing, because I know that you've done some instructional videos on how to do certain oh, moves yeah. all yeah. on YouTube as well. Now, weren't you also like the martial arts uh, choreographer on underdog kids? Yeah, it's funny. I got a great chance. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I grew up in the eighties and nineties. So for me, Philip Ree and Simon Ree, you know, like best of the best. And th- those are movies from my decade. So, I, you know, I grew up watching those kind of movies and going gaga over that stuff. So having a chance to work and, you know, under or even with someone like Philip Ree, who was the producer as well as the director on that film, uh, you know, be getting a chance to work with someone like him who I'd watched since I was a kid. And then years down the road as a young adult, in my film career, getting the chance to work with him like that was to me, that was an amazing thing. It doesn't take much to make me crazy, but to me, that was, that was an amazing ordeal for me. And then on top of that, getting to work with Simon Ree, his brother and Danny Asanto, and a, a lot of just reputable martial artists, not only in, in martial arts in general, but as far as film martial artists as well. Mm-hmm. So seeing those guys in that film and getting to work with them, uh, you know, and and getting a chance to work with these kinds of guys that I've watched from from a kid on, you just can't beat stuff like that. So it, it was amazing to get a chance to choreograph and be trusted with that kind of uh, artistic responsibility that I'd be able to do, uh, you know, what these guys would expect in that mm-hmm. in that sequence. So it was fun. I mean, and even working with the younger generation of martial arts, because I think that's that's the big thing, too, is is the younger generation is the key, you know, and it's just like anything else. If we leave behind a generation that doesn't know a certain amount or, you know, that that's really realistically only our fault. So as martial artists, it was cool to kind of see them work through film as young art actors and action actors and kind of do their chance and have opportunities. What I wish as well as a young martial artist I would have had. So seeing them on film and giving them opportunities to work with them on their first film opportunity was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the fun too is is getting to work with the younger generation and like like working on the show, you know, with with a lot of the cast. They're all obviously a lot of younger than us, and giving them that gift of what martial arts can bring to an individual is is, is pretty you know satisfying alone. Now, um, if you can give us some insight into uh, season two episode, uh, was it episode nine when when Daniel gets knocked into the TV, or was that ten? I believe it was um, nine. 
I believe it was nine, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one who reviews the show too, so I should also know. But but <laughs> no we way. all we all know, you know, the the, the first time um, they actually really get and physical. Have, yeah, right. Absolutely. So, um, do you recall like how many takes uh, to to just get the the right take of being kicked into the TV? Uh, you know, it's funny, man. Billy is. I don't know how often you know or not, but Billy is he's an amazing athlete in general. I've seen Billy do things in rehearsals with us that I'm like, I'm honestly odd. And it's not because of, you know, whatever other expectation, you know, age or whatever. He's just an amazing athlete. So to see the certain thing, like even just choreography mentally, the man picks up choreography extremely well. And I respect him as a martial artist, 100%. So it literally, like, I think the take that we had kept for the show was probably the second take. Hmm. Like the first take I I think he had done, he would just, you know, like anybody else, he was maybe a little hesitant on, on the kick because obviously, you know, I, I'm standing there expecting him to either hit me in the chest or the face-ish to go into this TV, uh, you know, because where, wherever cameras were set up, he kind of had to give it to me in order for it to work. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't have necessarily worked as well. Right. So, you know, he was kind of put in a position where he kind of had to be perfect. So uh, to be honest with you, on the second take – he, he knew well enough, like, it's better to just get it over with, you know? Like, for me as a stuntman, I'm more than happy to take a kick to the face from someone like Billy Zapka. You know, you want to kick me in the chest? To me, it's an honor, you yeah. know what I mean? So if he needs to kick me two times, three times to get the, the shot, by all means. So yeah. me, I was prepared for it, and I know he was a little hesitant, but he's an amazing guy. He could have done it in the first take, but he was obviously hesitant. So we probably had got, gotten that in the second take or so. And it was perfect. He had obviously nailed me right uh, right under the chin. And my leverage back into the TV was all natural because I just got light for him, just like we do in stunts. You know, if an actor works with you and they go to kick you in the body or anything, you just get light for him and you let them kick you and, you know, you emulate that energy and let them take you out. And I got light enough for him and he he got me right where I wanted him to and, sent me right back and it just worked out pretty freaking awesome so yeah yeah it, it looks fantastic yeah. now if uh my co-host brianna if she was here i think one of the questions that she would ask you is uh because i i, I don't know if there's anybody that will confirm this because it's more it's more answered in in a joke so uh at the, the the beach club was that you or ralph that jumped off and and hit train cruise <laughs> uh, well you know what it could have been ralph he could do, probably totally do that all by himself but they had they had me doing that on the day okay yeah i mean you know honestly it's it's ralph is definitely he's an amazing individual as well you know he he unfortunately in season three had so many injuries uh you know from some things that he had going on that we had to work around but he was such a trooper and he was an amazing athlete that he was able to work around it and, and do things with his choreography that would have normally caused him pain, but he was able to adapt amazingly to his movements. And, you know, things like that, I mean, it's pretty taxing, you know, because quite honestly, as, a, as an individual, you know, maybe he would have been able to do the first two, three takes, but, you know, sometimes with camera, sometimes with circumstances out of our hands, there may be more than one occasion where we'd have to do a take. And yeah. unfortunately more than a handful in occasions. And, you know, having him jump down from that kind of height that we would have gotten the shot to work out, it, it honestly wouldn't have made sense for him to have to do it, especially since 
it wouldn't have really seen him. Yeah. So for me, that's that's basically why I'm around. I'm, I'm around to kind of save him for those moments where in the fight, you know, that's where he needs to be fresh and and learn his choreography and be able to have his movements be more comfortable and stay safe. Uh, so for me, I, I you know, I, I took in that responsibility for him on that show on that episode. But I mean, you know, Ralph has never been the one to really fight me too much to stay away from stuff. He gets it. He knows that, you know, if Mark needs to do these things, I, I'm more than happy to help him, you know, make it, have him do that stuff. But when it comes to the fight stuff, Ralph definitely puts in his own and, and he's always working. He's training just as hard as Billy and anybody else with his choreography and, and, and learning everything that he can, you know, even with his limited, you know, body uh, mechanics, because sometimes his shoulder and sometimes his body, it, it hurts. And, you know, quite honestly, I feel that responsibility a lot of times is being a stuntman in general. So yeah. it, it comes with a territory. And, and for him, I was more than happy to take that jump for him. He could more than well have done it by himself. But a lot of times things like, like that, I will, will be more than happy to jump in for him because I want him to look good and I want him to look fresh in those fights. Yeah. Now, um, you've done so many stunts in, in other movies and stuff like that. With season three of Cobra Kai, there's a lot of sequences, but... Was there any um, particular fight sequence that I don't want to say challenging? Because, like you know, I, again, I've seen I've seen a, a lot of your work. Um, but what, which one sticks out for you that maybe you really enjoyed? Because it's like um, because you pulled it off, thinking that there's going to be some trouble. You have the chop shop. Um, yeah. You have, uh, gosh, uh, obviously the fight with Crease um, in yeah. episode ten. I'm trying to think uh, of some other points when. When Daniel, oh, oh, with Chosen. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it is funny because uh, a lot of the stuff, like with Chosen, it, to be honest with you, the, mom, the memorable time I can think of to where as far as our choreography and it, it kind of being challenging and such would have to be when uh, we went into the laser tag mm. arena okay. when Dimitri had broken his arm, had his arm broken by Hawk and such. To us, that was actually a challenging sequence because we had multiple episodes kind of overlapping action-wise mm -hmm. on the day. I had previously had to be on set in a different direction from where we were filming that sequence because I was doubling Sholo. And then at the same time, we had things changing in our sequence as far as script and, and actors as well in our laser tag sequence. So all of that going on simultaneously and, you know, having to come up with choreography on limited time because we realistically didn't have a lot of time. Once cameras really start going on the season and, and quite honestly, this works with every show. Once we really get going, things work uh, on schedule as far as prep prior to cameras going. But once cameras really start going, we start getting on schedule and stuff. Things just start getting crazy by nature. And yeah. I think at that point, things on schedule as well as coming up with, you know, doing a previs to come up with that sequence. And, and on paper, that sequence was a good amount of pages. I can't recall how many in general, but it, it was quite a, a sequence to come up with. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Hito had a lot going on as well. So for us creatively as a team to be able to stick with sequences currently going on, as well as kind of look ahead in time and be able to creatively come up with the choreography, because in that sequence, there was a lot of, uh, of action going on with, um, within multiple characters. Mm -hmm. So for us to come up with style things is one. 
to stay with Story Point as well and others, to stay with that as realm as well as other things going on was pretty challenging for us. But I think as a team, we were such a strong foundation that we made it work really well. And I think, you know, there were some things we made on the fly that we just really made work. And it's gratifying to know that you can prepare for certain things and it works out. But to know that you have the capability of having wrenches thrown in your, in, you know, your direction and that you could still work around it and make something still pretty awesome work out what was cool to know that we could as a team collectively make that, that happen too, because to be honest with you, that's the name of the game in film. And I'm learning that a lot on this film. Now, a lot of it happens and it happens and it changes and it happens again and it changes. So to have that adaptability and be professional in that sense where it doesn't matter what's thrown at you, you, you could still come out with a res resolution or with a, with an option or uh, some kind of creative input is gratifying. And, and, you know, that's honestly very, very few teams that can make that happen. And I think, my, you know, thankfully getting to work with John and Ken and Hito and Janelle, that was something that as a group, we were able to tackle with what most people would pull their hair out with. We were able to make happen as a team. And I think that that's something to, to look back on in the show and be like, man, and, and quite honestly, me, I'm looking back on the show. That's what I see. It looks great. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, that was such hell. You know, it was, that was a tough week. It was a tough couple of weeks, but man, we made it work. And, you know, and, and you have skills with like a, a lot of weaponry too. Like, I, I don't know if Daniel will ever pick up a katana, but I would love to, to see your work with the katana. Love, yeah, absolutely, man. I, you know, that's the thing. Like I, I'm happy that to do things with Daniel and Ralph's been great. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always very adaptive and, and very open to the character and the creative style style of each character, because that is what makes the story. So, you know, for him to have different options and weapons, I realistically, I know that wouldn't happen, but it would be nice that eventually some days he, he will have, uh, you know, some options that kind of give it some life and a little more pizzazz to it and give Daniel a little more, uh, you know, a little more fizzle to, to what he's got going on. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I, I understand that you, you also uh, have done some stunt work for the Winter Soldier and the Falcon or the Falcon. Yeah. I forget which one yeah. names first. So you double for a character named Diego. I, I haven't watched it yet. Now, um, it, you, you do have a, um, an eight year old son. It, does, is do. that difficult having to be away sometimes for long periods? Yes. Yes, it, it is. And, and quite honestly, that's, uh, that's one of the hardest parts about being in my line of work is that uh, film is, it can commonly be un unknown. It can, it, you know, I could be signed up for this job for two months and then next thing you know, due to production things, it makes it two years, you know, and, and unfortunately mm -hmm. that's just the way it works. And, and by all means, I have every right to, to take and choose what I'd like to do. Uh, it is difficult in the sense of where, you know, I, I, it comes to choosing, all right, do I want to stay home and be a little more at home in Atlanta and stay working on productions? Or do I want to pursue things of that Hollywood stuntman nature, you know, as far as in your career? And, and it can get tough to juggle the two. And I, I'd like to think that I, I, I do a good balance. Thankfully, most of my career, I've actually gotten to work with him exactly near me, mm. if not within the same state. Uh, so most of my career, thankfully, everything I've worked on has been 
relatively in town, I guess you could say. Uh, it actually honestly hasn't been till lately since everything's kind of been out of town, which is funny because, you know, obviously we're in a pandemic now mm -hmm. and you would think it'd be quite the opposite. But for some reason, I work a lot more out of town lately. And that kind of comes with the territory because a lot of films, they, you know, obviously the higher budget, the more locations, the more uh, is expected of the film. And and that kind of comes with the territory. And, you know, I thankfully things like FaceTime and, and Zoom are a thing where, you know, it's not just a phone call or something mm -hmm. kind of prehistoric, I guess, like yeah. I would have grown up with. Right. Uh, but, you know, it, it does get hard because, you know, obviously I, I'd love to be with him as much as I can. But again, you know, you're chasing a, a stuntman's career and you're chasing a career in a sense. So you, you kind of have to juggle and navigate with that as much as you can. And sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you weigh one more than the other. But I would like to think that I, I tend to do better pretty well with doing the both. And, you know, I, I, I try to have him come out. If I can't have an occasion where I, I visit him cause I'm in LA, I'll find an occasion where I'll have him come out and stay with me and, and find a, a way to make it work for us for a week or so. Um, but it is a challenge it, it, yeah. and, and I'm not the only one that goes through it. Stuntmen right. in general, you know, the, the, I mean, on quite honestly, the film industry, unfortunately, it, it is a hard industry to be a part of. If you have a family, uh, it, it unfortunately, if you want to do well, you got to be away. And obviously that that that's tough. And I know you know what that's like. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I also had served in the military. So I there, there were times I, I went away as well. So I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. But I, I would imagine for him, it's got to be pretty damn cool to have dad be in like these Marvel movies <laughs> and, and TV shows. You know, what's funny is that it's it's quite the opposite because <laughs> His mother is also in film and TV. She's also a stunt woman. Okay. And I think just because she does it and I do it and he's just around it so often, he could care less. Okay. Like it's funny. The the episode where Sholo gets his shoelace lit on fire, <laughs> his legs starts to get I had brought actually funny enough my son to set that day. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm daddy's gonna get his leg kind of lit on fire. Oh, your know? leg. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of a whole thing, you know, if you want to kind of see it and he had no no desire, no interest. It, it just I, I know eventually as he gets older, it could be just where he is in his life, but I'm sure as he gets older, he'll naturally kind of gravitate to it because it is an interesting line of work that we're both in. And it, it's definitely something that I think he'll naturally gravitate to without having to force him. So he'll definitely come to you too. But yeah, I, I mean, even as far as martial arts, I've shown him videos of me. I've tried to show him weapons and such. He's kind of interested, but he's into other things as well. So sure, sure. for me, I mean, as long as he's into a sport, like right now he's into soccer and parkour. Yeah. So for me, that's great. As long as he's into something and he's, he's excited about it, that that's, I'm happy with that. Yeah. My, my oldest is into parkour. He went to uh, some, some gyms here locally, cool. um, but my eight year old, he was enjoying your videos, especially when the, the ones with the mohawk. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just cause yeah. he just thought that the hair was just so outrageous. He's like, it looks just like hawk. <laughs> I go, yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the fun part is you could kind of be your own whatever and make up your moves. And, and it was just a lot of fun to kind of travel and perform and, kind of incorporate themes. It was like a martial arts theater in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I think so, uh, one of my favorite things that you did, I believe you actually had the Mohawk on too. So you had the Katana and you do this flip while you removed cool. the, yeah. Yeah, the Katana out. And I was just like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah. 
Um, yeah. uh, so there, there was something I was going to kind of go back to. You, you mentioned uh, lighting your foot on fire. I So there was two things. I, I thought either it was a fake foot or that the fire was CGI. So that, that's actually a bit of a mind blowing there to find out that that was actually you. Were there any other uh, sequences, season two or three, that you could think of where, um, like, you know, if people didn't really think about it, no, that actually wasn't Sholo or that wasn't Ralph, that was you. Like, like for this example, your foot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it's it's tough to say because quite honestly, a lot of the times, on that show specifically, especially with the way Hito is with his shot design. Hito is a very amazing cinematographer as well. So aside, and a filmmaker. So aside from being an amazing stuntman, he's an amazing filmmaker as well. So when he designs things, just like the school runner, the school fight, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of that, just like any other, other of the stuff is the actors as well. Mm -hmm. And he has a unique skill of driving that out of them and, and, pushing them to performance level to where they do their own stuff. There's almost no like side to where it's really me instead of Sholo or it's really someone else instead of, you know, I got we one example yeah. on the soccer field, right? You, right. you were, you, you were yourself. That's the yeah. only time I could think of that you're not Sholo yeah. or I mean, uh, Daniel. Or... Yeah. You know, there'd be moments where someone like Sholo will have to get bashed into a, you know, a couch or he'll have to really get, you know, pretty roughed up the roughed up kind of deals or, you know, certain things they'll, they'll make me do obviously, but a lot of even the, the starting of a move, for example, like being a tricker in certain sequences, like the dream sequence where yeah. Sholo has to fight in the tournament in his, in his brain while he's in a coma, that he doesn't necessarily have to trick, but he has to understand the setup because for me to do the trick and then for him to tie into the trick on camera, he has to understand and learn the mechanics of the move as well. Mm -hmm. So for him, doing the move was almost just as much as him learning the move as well because Quite honestly, a lot of what we do to tie into each other, he has to start, if not also finish the move. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we do on, on there, we, we try to really get them to do a lot of the majority of the movements. You know, obviously the, the things that require a little more higher difficulty that seem like they would require stunts would be us. Yeah. But there is a good amount that they do, uh, you know, regardless of, I mean, even fight beats, for example. Uh, me being a martial artist as well as a stuntman on camera who fights a lot, doing as an actor as well as a, as a stuntman, doing 12 moves with one person and then another person in the scene can be quite challenging, mm -hmm. especially when, you know, you have to cross frame here for this punch to sell on this individual and then know the timing without looking that to duck under. And so there's a lot of things that come into play that these individuals, these actors do uh, aside from, you know, having to learn the, the, the trick itself, having to do those moves in the fight that are, are, to me, in my perspective, as equally challenging, you know, and, and quite honestly, the better they pick up on it, the better it's able for us to blend into them as the stunt people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly quite creatively a, a half and half. We, we all have to kind of meet each other halfway and, and for it to be successful to where people go, oh, well, that I guess that was your foot. I had no idea. <laughs> that's 
that's kind of where our relationship has to be. And, and for us, that's, that's how we know we're doing a good job. And yeah. honestly, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I, I definitely have my moments and I'm sure, you know, people have their moments on the show where they know like, Oh, that, that looks like Mark or, or whatnot. But, you know, realistically, you got to understand the, a lot goes into these, these episodes and, you know, guys like Ralph and Billy and the kids, they get pulled into dialogue and, and those acting scenes where they're emotionally had to, 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 to deliver certain things as well. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to transition to a physical uh, a scene where now you got to emulate emotions over physicality to be able to switch that that kind of thing is not easy. You know, it's not something that someone can always do. It's, it's a challenge. And I think on this show, everybody does a really good job of, of making that switch as yeah. a team. They really do. And speaking with a lot of the kids, they all are, are always wanting to do their own stunts. Absolutely. As well. Jacob talks yes. about, I wanted to get kicked into the, the trophy <laughs> yes. case, like, yes. you know, but, but he was underage at that time. And, and for sure. Yes. Because it's sent. true, you know, going into glass, it's fun. It looks great, but you know, there is always high risk, you know, yeah. obviously with a glass set up like that, shards are everywhere and things like that. I mean, it's safe, but there are situations where you go into glass and you're almost guaranteed to get cut up, you know, and, and that's what they always tell us that's, as some people, that's what we always expect. If we go through glass, we can always expect at least a handful of cuts going through. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not, you know, I know Jacob wants to do it and it's fun and I'm sure he's more than capable of doing it, but we just wouldn't want to put him through that kind of agony and that right. kind of comfortability, you know, and it, it just wouldn't be worth it. And it would look great, but he's, he's the face, you know what I mean? And, right. and, I, and of course, all these, these, these actors and a lot of them on the show, they are more than capable, if not more than willing to do all their own stuff. And that's, and that's the other part that makes our job fun as well is because they're as into it as us, you know, cause it, there's a lot of productions you'll run into after a while that I've been in this industry where, you know, higher budget production films, you have actors that are amazing, you know, people I would consider amazing action actors. And then you find out working with them that they would give a, crap less about doing the action sequences and they just let the, the stunt guys do all the things and they just come in whenever they want. Right. And, you know, and to me, I understand that, but there's also a part of involvement in your role that I think comes with the territory, especially if you're doing an action driven TV show or film, you know, that's, that's, this is kind of the, the lifestyle or the, the essence of a character you're kind of driven into is, if your character requires a lot of action, I feel like you should be inclined to be action heavy in mm. your, your off time, you know, and like Tom Cruise. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and it, obviously through his work, it, it shows. And, and that's, I think what sometimes gets lost in translation for some, some people. Uh, but thankfully we don't have that problem on our show mm. on this show. Like we actually have to fight them to not do what we, what they want to do. Yeah. Now, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, there's just a few other um, projects I, I kind of want to bring up for anybody that might be interested in checking it out. Uh, you did a, um, a, a commercial uh, promoting uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yeah, I, I absolutely, it yeah. It was yeah. A Could you talk game. about the experience? Um, I, oh, I imagine uh, Wheezy yeah. wasn't wasn't on set, was he? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, I was actually I was hoping so because, quite honestly, it could be the case. But then again, with someone as, as high class as him, you could understand how it would probably just be a studio time. Right. Just drive right up in his Bentley and 
you know, jumps out and does his couple lines and then dips out. Um, but no, I mean that to date, that was also another amazing opportunity I've had a, a chance to do. Um, I've always been a big video game person in general. So to get a chance to do a, an amazing commercial with a video game was great. And then again, to work with a team, uh, the coordinator on that was uh, Dave, uh, Dave Leach, as well as Greg Rementer. Um, and I got to work with some amazing stunt people as well. So for me, it was, it's, it's always fun to work with people in my industry who do amazing work and, and, and definitely are trailblazers in my line of work and to see their work ethic and to just be a part of their magic and to help them create something. It, to me, like that, that's priceless. And that's why working with guys like Hito and Janelle and everybody else that I've thankfully had the opportunity to work with has been a, an amazing thing for me is because, you know, I, these people, they do things for, for myself and for generations to come. And like, like Hito, Hito is a Japanese American as well. And for me, you know, on the note of what we're proud of in our heritage, like that's in film commonly, that's not an, a notable ethnicity, I guess you could say in, in our line of work. And here he is being, you know, nominated for Emmys and, and that's just like out of one of his shows of many that he's in charge of. And, you know, he's, he's doing things that's putting Orientals and Asians on the map. So for me, I think that kind of stuff, being a part of that, that that's, that's all I, I care to do. And it's, it's really awesome that I got a chance to be a part of that, uh, that commercial because it really, it really was amazing people who were working on that. And Dave Leach, who's also a stuntman at some point in his life has now become an amazing, I mean, he's been for a long time, but now trailblazing and is an amazing director. And obviously I don't know if you've watched, but the movie, nobody, he's also the director of that, that movie as well. Um, Isn't there another Liam Neeson movie? It's uh, the individual. I can't remember his actor name, which I feel terrible about, but it's the actor who plays Saul in. Um, oh, oh, Bob Odenkirk. Yes. I heard that's funny. I heard it's taken yes. and, but with and, some comedy. And, in know, it. It's an amazing film. And it, you know, obviously it comes from an individual that most people would have no idea would, would gravitate to an action uh, side of film. But yeah. I mean, he put in work. He obviously had an amazing team with Dave Leach and Kirk. Jenkins and, uh, you know, Greg Rementor, again, the same individual who had done the, the Tom Clancy commercial with me. He was also the coordinator, if not second unit director as well on that movie. And, you know, these, these individuals, they're putting out some amazing work. And a lot of these guys, thankfully, have come from martial arts or from some kind of martial art open circuit background, just like myself. So it's great. You know, it's, it's really fun to be in the industry right now because a lot of us martial artists are kind of paving the way. And we're showing people now that we're not just uh, physical actors. We're actually really reputable filmmakers. We're actually really uh, useful on other sides of film other than I punch you, you punch me. You go right. boom, I go boom. I, I, I mean, yeah. I only just found out that it, there, there's, I mean, I, I always obviously had an idea that there was more to just being a stunt person, but my last uh, interview with Hiro and Janelle that I found out there was a, uh, there's a thing called a stunt performer. So, Absolutely. yeah, so that, that's really cool. Uh, you, you mentioned games. I, I think that's really funny that, um, I mean, you're a great speaker, so you're making this really easy for me. Uh, watching, <laughs> watching your videos, like, man, this is like a F Filipino Eddie Gordo. Um, <laughs> but another thing you did, and I'm really interested in checking it out, I couldn't find 
really like a, a link or a clip or anything like that, but it, it appears that you played Ryu in some sort of Street Fighter uh, yeah. so, project. Yeah, that was actually when I was in L.A. I, you know, L.A. is a great place to be for our industry because obviously a lot of the backbone, a lot of the uh, the industry is, is rooted here. So mm. meeting a lot of up and coming producers, directors, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people that are are putting out some amazing work and, and kind of beginning their starts out here come by the thousands out here. So getting linked up with certain directors, uh, I had an opportunity to do a, a passion project for one of them. And, you know, it was a, a short film that actually it's funny because I originally was working on a production. And I couldn't have time to do it, uh, but they were willing to pause production and, and filming to have me come out and do it. And I was super grateful for that. And I, you know, and it seemed like they had a good crew. I don't know if you know this martial art as well. I'm sure you may have seen him on Google, if not a UFC fighter as well as Sage Northcutt. Uh, he was playing Ken in the series hmm. as well. He is, you know, at the time growing up when I, he was a kid, I actually had met him and trained with him hmm. as a young kid. when he was a young kid in our NASCAR circuit, which is the circuit that I competed in hmm. as he grew up, he became, you know, an amazing martial artist. And I mean, he's always been talented, but, he amazingly went into the UFC and vice versa. And then before then we had done this short film. So it was a lot of great martial artists in this, in this production. So it was something I, I, I wanted to be a part of this. This team was really helpful and very supportive of, of be, helping me become a part of this production. And for me, that's all I, I, I want to be a part of. I, I could give a care less about, you know, whether it's going to reach a million views or whatnot, but if the people a part of, you know, who are a part of the production are passionate about it. They want to make good work. They take it seriously. And they obviously, you know, want to make something that that's really good quality. Then, then I'm all about it, you know? And, and that was, for me, that was what it was about. And this production was amazing. I mean, they on a, on a low budget was able to make this sizzler in two days in LA and, wow. and yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, they, these guys were able to do more. Uh, they unfortunately weren't able to make the whole episode and the whole show just because, you know, naturally things like this, they unfortunately cost money mm. and, you know, having good quality as far as the CGI, having the manpower and the crew to, to film these kinds of episodes, it takes a lot of time and money. And, and unfortunately sometimes these things run into speed bumps. I mean, for all we know, it could happen down the road that, you know, maybe somebody invests in this production that would be able to help it move forward uh, because realistically, even thinking about Cobra Kai, you know, it, it was something that wasn't even supposed to be approached by Netflix in general. It was something that was put on a platform that people are not accustomed to subscribing and paying for anyways. And it was able to thrive and 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 reach really good views and and really get reviews. So for me to to be a part of stuff like that, that's what I think of. I think of as long as the material is good, the things are great. It doesn't matter about the backing the that will come with time you know and for me that's that that was reminiscent of something like cobra kai to me it you know if i could be a part of something that could or you know could be amazing with great people then why not yeah i mean i could talk to you forever because again you've done so much yeah, work so we'll end with this for anyone that is interested in getting into your line of work what advice and tips could you give them yeah, don't do it. No, I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I've had people say that. Like, this is, this is hard no, to I, You know what? I will say this. Stunts, yeah, as a stuntman, it depends on what you want to be. Do you want to be a stuntman? Do you want to be an action actor? Uh, you know, me, I, I'm more of a stuntman. I, 
I don't really necessarily like to deliver dialogue. I, I will if I have to, but, you know, kind of hiding my face and being that guy that just gets exploded or gets into that knife fight with Tom Cruise or something is kind of my forte. Um, but if you want to get into stunts, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's, it's definitely a side of film that is, is definitely a lot of fun because no scenario is ever the same. I've never had a scenario in my, my career where uh, I've had to do the same thing. Now, you will do the same thing, but, I mean, that's really up to you. I, I've had tons of times where I've been a ninja. You know, yeah. I've, I've been tons of times where I've been a SWAT team member or security guard number seven. You know, it, but it, it all depends on how you want to emulate it, you know. So for me, no uh, gag, no fight, no certain scenario has really been the same. And I kind of like that. I like being able to kind of come into a situation or a script or a show and have to evolve to something. And uh, I, I think that's a lot of fun. If you enjoy performing, I think that's that's definitely a route you should look. Now, if you are looking to get the stunts, it is painful. And I think that's sometimes the thing that somehow people get a disconnect from like stunt performing is great. Like seeing Scott Atkins and Michael Jai Wai and Iko and, you know, Yan Yan and Chep Chep and all these great Indonesian, you know, amazing film fighters and Donnie Yen and them. But I guarantee you those guys get beat up just as much as stunt guys, you know? And, and that's why, like, I think if you really want to do this, it is a lot of fun but it also comes with a lot of work and it does come with a lot of pain and uncomfortable situations. And I think being successful in this industry is a lot of just being humble and knowing when to just continually take information and how to be able to take that, make it your own, but as well as make it flow with everything else. So it's, it's definitely a great industry. I highly recommend it for anybody that wants to be a performer. It's a lot of fun. I always, anybody that does martial arts or even tricks or, you know, is a sport martial artist as well. Anybody that comes up to me about it, I always encourage them to try it because it is a lot of fun. It is, it is an amazing career that I'm grateful that I get to be a part of, but you know, as well as that performance side of it, again, I do, I do try to stress to them that there are moments where it it is not as fun and it, it does have its, its moments where it's, it's painful and stressful. So I, I definitely would encourage people to kind of take that into consideration, but definitely look into it because it is, it is a great opportunity. Yeah. There we go. Now um, a lot of the videos I saw uh, on, on YouTube of yours, a lot of them are, you know, close to 10 years, if not, you know, past <laughs> that. Is there anywhere yeah. else that people can, can find um, maybe some more of your work? Uh, you know, <sighs> It's, it's funny because unfortunately, unfortunately, no. Like I used to have instructional videos like Hyper Martial Arts. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but. Only through your video. Do, yeah, exactly. I, I kind of used to do Hyper Martial Arts and a lot of our instructional DVDs and videos like Asian World of Martial Arts or Macho Martial Arts or certain things like that, like certain brands that have catalog, if not internet websites. Um, but unfortunately, the world that I come from, it just isn't up to par with the media side, I guess you could say. Like, I'm sure yeah. you've seen, like, we kind of still have DVDs. And, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know anybody that's buying DVDs anymore. You know what I mean? I like, still do. Yeah, uh, you know. I, I like physical it, copies it, to keep them, you know. For sure. It's it's around. It, it's just that, from what I mean to say is, I guess our platform of martial arts, as far as reaching a standard of, of uh, I guess, the times, is it's kind of stuck with DVDs. And that's kind of where it got left behind. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, YouTube was probably one of the best things that ever happened to our sport because I think it gave the opportunity to really spread tricking and the kind of forms and katas we would do at tournaments and kind of really circulate the kinds of things we were doing because in reality, without it, our world would kind of be small, you know, unless you really were able to Google what I did, you probably wouldn't have known it was really around. Right. And, that, and, and, and that's unfortunate, but I mean, that's, that's kind of how it is. Unfortunately, YouTube, whatever's on YouTube, as far as that industry, as far as my martial arts world is probably the extent. I mean, I have my old DVDs and such, but as far as uh, old material, as far as I guess what I would compete in and such is really slim pickings unless it's on YouTube. Yeah. And there's a lot of it too. Different angles. Of, yeah. I mean, you know, of, my dad's Filipino. He's probably got an archive of VHS yeah. and stuff that he's high VHS or, you know, whatever <laughs> they call it, the, the old school something he's probably got. But as far as the, uh, the current things, as far as a platform that I'd be able to mention that would have, it's slim, man. And quite honestly, a lot of the work that I do now, it's mostly for film. So it's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny how it works. Well, uh, if if people aren't already, you know, make sure to follow Mark on uh, on Instagram. I think it's just Mark uh, um, Canonizado, yep. right? Yep, at Mark Canonizado. Yeah. Yep, so uh, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 have that tagged. Um, so Mark, thank you so much yes, for man. coming on and sharing your amazing stories, man. I mean, this. Thank this, you, brother. I really yeah. appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ashamed that it took us this long to get it going, but hey, man, better late than never. And I, I'm glad again. I'm it's it's an honor to be a part of this, and I'm glad that you were able to to get in contact with me, and we were able to make this thing happen. And anytime we can do this again, I'd be more than happy to, man. It was been a Absolutely. pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I'll definitely uh, reach back out to you after season four. Heck yeah. Awesome, yeah. brother. Okay. Well, All right. Pleasure. So it was a pleasure meeting you, man. Likewise, you, you stay, uh, hang tight while I close up uh, with the, uh, the, the viewers here. So uh, again, I'll have Mark's contact information on the show notes. If you guys want to give him a follow uh, again, that's how I was able to kind of, um, see you, everyone that he's kind of like taking pictures with, uh, Usher, yeah. uh, Alex Winter, again, like these, these people that I've grown up either listening to their music or watching their movies, um, it's, it's all on, on Instagram, but, uh, for me, if uh, Twitter is your thing, you can find me at Cobra Kai, uh, pod Cobra Kai podcast on, uh, Instagram. And again, check out our website, CobraKaiCompanion.com, companion spelled with a K, uh, at the time of this recording, there's 75 interviews up there. Um, you know, we keep name dropping heat on Janelle, their interviews up Jacob, uh, Ooh. Sholo, um, just about the entire cast. It's, it's all there if you guys want to check out uh, for more interviews. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Haven't you done enough, princess?